1: All you've got to do now
0: is pass the Australian culture. test. Three simple questions. Three collectibles. And you again? go through that doorway to the greatest bit <laughs> of country. The guess is how the guards are highly Good morning, everybody. This is Annie for Showreel, and uh, today we're going to be focusing on our last uh, film that uh, that, uh, that is come is going to be shown at the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival. One of the directors, Emily Baker, who's made a film called Spoke. It's uh, about uh, crossing uh, America by over five thousand. Miles, I have to say, on a bike, and uh, we'll hear all about her documentary In Two Shakes of a Lamb's Tale. It's going to be on, on Saturday, this Saturday, Saturday the 9th. It's going to be part of the 6pm session. The uh, Documentary Film Festival runs from Saturday the 9th to Monday the 11th, and they're going to be showing at 12 uh I guess it's noon, noon to uh, midnight each day, and uh, it's going to be a showcase of uh, films, short films from Australia, international films, and uh, music uh, films as well. It's uh, the only uh, competition uh, short uh, documentary film festival in Australia. It's its first year. It's going to be at the Howes Art Space, seven to eleven Dawson Street, Brunswick. That's uh, of course, in Melbourne. And uh, the, uh, Prices are really good: twelve dollars plus booking fee for students, seniors, citizens, industry members, and single session; fifteen for single session and regular ticketing; thirty-dollar booking fee for a day pass, and sixty-dollar fee for access all sessions, all dates. So it's all pretty uh, wonderful in terms of uh, the content as well as price. You can get uh, tickets from uh, Mosh Tix, M O S H T I X. The uh, the film that we're talking about today is Spoke and it's going to be part of the Saturday, uh, this Saturday 6pm uh, session. It's going to be showing at around 730 I guess. Anyway, I'll, give, I'll let you hear a little bit more about the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival. The Melbourne Documentary Film Festival features an array of Australian, international, environmental and music documentaries direct from the likes of the South by Southwest Film Festival in Texas. Playing at Howler Arts Base in Brunswick from July 9th to the 11th, tickets are on sale now at Mosh Ticks and Howler. For more information, visit mdff.org.au. A 3CR supporter. 3CR Showreel Fundraiser, Thursday the 28th of July. Fallout, stunning documentary by Lawrence Johnson, starring Gregory Peck, Ava Gardner, Neville Shoot, and 1959 Melbourne during shooting of On the Beach, with a side order of international fear of a nuclear holocaust.
1: Today, every inhabitant of this planet must contemplate the day when this planet may no longer be
0: habitable. Fallout, July the 28th, 7pm, upstairs at 3CR, 21 Smith Street, Fitzroy. $10. Keep 3CR Radical Radio on the air. Neville Shute bought the most appalling concept of all to a mainstream audience. For me, it was real,
1: just, penetrated every bone
0: of my body. Yes, our fundraiser. It's going to be on on the 28th of July. So if you want to be there come to 3CR at around uh, a little bit before 7 and uh, you can watch a wonderful film uh, that uh, will open your eyes to a past but important event in Australian filmmaking history but also shows Australia at a uh, Melbourne at a time that uh, before the Melbourne we know now really it's quite interesting uh, also of course the whole revisits the whole notion of nuclear warfare and uh, the fact that we haven't actually Uh, dispelled that uh, threat even today as we move towards uh, uh, becoming a uh, nuclear waste dump for the world. Anyway, so put it in your diary, the 28th of July uh, round 7, 3CR upstairs, 21 Smith Street, the uh, Victoria Parade end of Smith Street. Okay, now you uh, did a mighty job making a documentary called Spoke Uh, What led you to do that? Tell tell the audience about what it's about.
1: Well, Spoke is, I guess, an adventure tale uh, where myself and two other cyclists journey across the United States on bikes. Um, And along the way, we're kind of investigating what uh, leads to the United States having the highest number of bicycle fatalities in the Western world. So I guess I came up with the idea of doing this uh, just before I moved to the United States. I'd always wanted to ride a bicycle across America. Um, and I kind of even wondered if that was possible. And the more I looked into it, the more um, I was being kind of dissuaded by people and told it was uh, quite dangerous and too dangerous uh, for anyone, and I guess especially for a woman. Um, and I that, that really sparked an interest in me and made me really curious to find out how dangerous it was. And when I looked into the statistics, uh, they were interesting, and that was something that I wanted to explore in a film.
0: Okay, so uh, you uh, went from... San Francisco across to Florida, or was it the other way around? Florida,
1: yep. No, yep, so we started in San Francisco, and we we rode down the California coast to San Diego, and then we rode, uh, yeah, through the desert, like across along the Mexican border and through Texas and all that sort of thing, along to uh, Florida, to Orlando, Uh, and I think in total it was 5,600 kilometres. That's about the equivalent distance of Melbourne to Jakarta.
0: That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. Yeah, go take my hat off to you. I must have been, I mean, we get a sense of the uh, terrain and all the rest of it. But it wasn't, I was going to really ask you about how you, I mean, you'd already told me why you got the, where you got the story and you saw it as an adventure tale. But in actual uh, fact, it's, uh, it's like a diary, a personal diary in a sense, isn't it? How did you actually shoot it? What was, how did, you didn't have a plan, did you?
1: Yeah, I suppose describing it as a desire is pretty accurate, actually. Um, so we ha- the plan that we had was that we wanted to uh, speak to c- uh, certain people along the way, so that includes the people whose stories you hear um, who've lost family or who've been hit by cars themselves, um, plus a-, a lot of people who didn't make um, the final cut into the film. So we kind of structured our journey around filming these people, um... You know, so, so we knew that we had to get to L.A., we knew that we had to get to Tucson, You know, all these different places. Um, so that was kind of the plan that we had. As far as the, the rest of the film, so I suppose what, what you're talking about that kind of feels more like a diary, yeah. Um, yeah, we kind of just wanted to document our experience and show what it had been like. Because um, I think that it's really important that we send a message at the same time as highlighting the dangers of cycling, uh that it's so liberating and that it's really it's such an exciting and um joyful way to travel and so we really did want to like show that that side of cycling so it's not all so negative
0: no no it's it's very un uh technological isn't it like like in the sense that we feel like we're actually there with you and there's a whole lot of rather surprising and lovely natural things that you come across
1: yeah, I mean, I think from from the beginning, um, as far as the style of the film was concerned, we were pretty realistic about what we could and what we wanted to achieve. So we, we understood that we were, you know, we were young. It was the first time, it's, it's my first feature film. Um, we were, you know, out on the side of highways and things, and we didn't have really sort of uh, high-tech equipment. All the equipment we had, we were carrying on bicycles. So we knew that it was never going to come across as being a sort of, you know, slick, uh, you know, highly produced documentary. Um, we kind of wanted the film to feel, I guess, like you said, you know, like like he was there with us, and feel really kind of youthful, and um, and and in the moment, and a little bit rough, because I guess that, that's that kind of what we were.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, that's exactly right. What what equipment did you use? Uh, camera wise, or yeah, camera wise and sound, because the sound is actually pretty clear, and sound is often the hardest thing to get right. Uh, the visuals, I was figuring you must have had something on your helmets, right?
1: Yeah, so we did have two GoPros that we attached to the front of our bicycles and that's where a lot of the stuff that you see along the way, um you know, just sort of shots of the roadside and the terrain come in. Um, and then we were carrying two just like Sony HD Handycam. Um, you know, we were basically just trying to carry what was lightweight and also what could kind of you know, stand a bit of uh, like rough treatment, I suppose. Because, um, you know, our, our all of our equipment was strapped to our bicycles. We didn't have a sag wagon or anything like that. We were just carrying it all by ourselves. Um, as far as sound goes, we had lav mics um, for the interviews. But other than that, um, we did originally start using a road mic. And um, it kind of just, it, we ended up just using the microphone in the camera, which is probably goes against everything that anyone should do in a, in a film. Um, <laughs> but it worked out okay. And I think that especially when you're making this kind of documentary, you're kind of always weighing up uh there's always that debate in in the heat of the moment of you know you can either shoot something quickly or you can put put a shot together and put all these different elements you know together for the camera and get everything really right and then often by the time that you've done that the the moment has passed so i think there's often there's often kind of that trade that you have to make um and i would prefer to show things in a way that's not really high-tech and really fancy but that that captures what
0: what was your background in film? Did you study it before you decided to do it?
1: No. Um, <laughs> um, I have a degree in journalism, uh, but basically my background is kind of an interesting story. For the reason I ended up in the United States was that I, uh, I, I wrote to some filmmakers in the US who'd made a short film that I really loved and said how much I admired their work and was really grateful that they were making the art that they were and they invited me to move to the United States and work with them on a feature film they were making um, and that film did really well around the world and I managed to get... What was the film? Work on a whole, uh, it was called Beasts of the Southern Wild. Oh my God, um, that's a
0: fantastic film.
1: Yeah, so I was really fortunate. I When they told me they were making this film, I thought it was just going to be kind of a fun college project and then I no. got into Cannes and Sundance and all sorts of
0: things. Oh, so I think really, it's, it's one of the most marvellous films that's ever been made, to tell you the truth.
1: That was an incredible film, and that group of filmmakers uh, who were called Court Thirteen were really great with um, mentoring me and just kind of, you know, making me think that maybe it was possible and maybe I, you know, maybe I could get a little bit of funding and maybe I could, you know, pull something like this off. And I think it's really important to have people in your life that kind of say that maybe you can. And so I, once once I was in that filmmaker community, I was surrounded by people who thought that I could because they'd done things like this or well, much much better than what I had done themselves. Um, and it made it seem a whole lot more achievable.
0: So did you get some funding?
1: Uh, we did from Kickstarter, uh, over and above what we'd asked for, which was really heartening and kind of that gives you a little bit of confidence and a bit of validation in the project that you're doing, so that was really nice.
0: How long did it take you? Was it five months, did you say, that you took to do the ride?
1: No, so it was three months to three do the months. ride, yeah. um, which, to be, to be totally clear, is a really long time Well, the it ride, is. That but we took weeks off here and there um, along the road because I felt like, you know, these were places I might never see again. And, and, you know, we were really excited to explore and have a look around as we went. You know, some people cross the States on bicycles in a matter of days in races and things, but that wasn't the experience we were looking to have. We wanted to take our time and soak it all in a little bit. Um, So, yeah, it took three months to do the ride. And then after that, uh, about... Oh, gosh, I'm trying to think. So we finished the ride at the beginning of 2013, and the film was finished at the end of twenty fourteen, so about
0: two years to put together. Oh, right, uh-huh. fantastic! Yeah, which is what you'd expect exactly. And tell me about the edit. How much? How How much film footage did you have? How many hours did you have?
1: About five hundred.
0: Oh my god! Huh. Yeah,
1: so
0: it was a lot. It, <laughs> it was,
1: was a lot. lot. A lot. <laughs> it's, first,
0: it, it's funny because um, that's you know, about it, the different. ratio of that's a ratio of one to a hundred. Because you did yeah. it was about a fifty minute documentary in the end. Yeah,
1: it, it was crazy. Yeah, so I, I mean, it took me, it took us as long, it took me as long to watch back through the footage as it took us to do the ride originally. So it took three <laughs> months to even just watch and log the footage. Um, so it's funny because I think sometimes people who, um, you know, aren't, aren't around filmmaking, you know, I had people asking me the day after we'd finished the ride, is the film finished yet? And I said, no, like we haven't even come home yet. We're still out trying to hitchhike our way back. Um, So it took a really, really long time to put together, and I think one of the biggest challenges that I had was, you know, we had all these little stories that we'd kind of picked up along the way, but it was really hard to kind of craft those, you know, sort of hundred or so little stories that we had into a broader narrative that told a sort of a more cohesive story. So that took a little while and a lot of picking and choosing and uh, a lot of cutting.
0: (laughs) I think you're very uh, funny. I think you're not, I mean, funny, amusing. Because there's oh. a, there's a couple of elements. I mean, the, it's a very sweet film. I mean, it it, it actually tells a story, Thank you. but it's also the it puts your personality in it. I presume it's your personality. Uh, I love that. Yeah. A couple of times where people go, "Now, don't put this in the film," and of course, it's in the film.
1: <laughs> well, that's always the good stuff. You have to put that stuff in the film. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, to, to be clear, I'm on really good terms with all those people, so none of those friendships were ruined by any of that sort of thing. But, yeah, I hadn't really... When, when I set out on this ride, I hadn't really kind of um, thought about how much I'd actually be in the film, and it's really difficult to watch yourself again and again and sort of edit footage of yourself. You kind of end up scrutinising yourself a lot. And um, So I'm working on another project currently, and I'm very determined to uh, not have any of my presence in that film. So I think I've seen enough of myself on the screen. <laughs> I'm not an actor, and I'm much happier behind the lens.
0: Yeah, well, you're very generous in terms of your personal life, I I felt. Uh, But let's get back to the actual editing. Um, Did you work on the idea of uh, themes running through it and use cards? Often people talk about using cards uh, with uh, various shots in it so that they know what they're going to use and what they're not to par par it down. Or Did you have a method?
1: Um, I mean, I... I don't know if it's a method I'd recommend, but I basically mm-hmm. just had post-it notes all over my walls with things that I thought were interesting, and I'd rearrange the post-it notes um, as to where I thought, you know, things things should go. Um, I guess our film, in a sense, you know, it, it it's sort of easier to edit because it's sequential, you know, it was a ride that, that, it has a chronology, so it's not, you know, in the same way as I suppose a film that's more sort of around... Um, you know, a more open theme rather than something sequential. We didn't have so many options of the way to edit it. It needs to be in some sort of order, otherwise it doesn't make sense. So in that sense, it was easier. Um, so, yeah, just post-it notes all over my wall were basically the way that I arranged it.
0: Yeah. I mean, well, this it's a quiet film in a sense, except for the stories of people who have lost their people, you know, to uh, a disastrous uh, accident or whatever, in inverted commas, uh, where, they, where their family members have been killed on the road. Uh, the, I mean, there's nothing uh, dull about that, I'll have to say, uh, but um, yeah. the, the actual uh, riding and the journeys and the, pers- the development of personal relationships as they go along is a quiet, gentle, real experience uh, which is quite diff- I mean, different from, say, the hero's journey, as it were. Do you have a comment? Yeah, I mean, yeah,
1: <laughs> I, I, I'm, yeah I, I suppose that's true. Like, I didn't want to sort of present it in a way that I felt misrepresented us. I mean, we, especially myself and Nick, who uh, set out together at the start, um, and Lauren, you know, we're, we're such ordinary people. We're not, I mean, we're definitely not heroes, but we're also just not even really, like, athletes or cyclists and, at that point, I probably wouldn't have even called myself a filmmaker. I mean, I was just anybody. And the idea that I could do something like this just felt so laughable. Um, and I really, you know, it, we really couldn't believe we were even attempting it until we got to about Arizona and we sort of thought, well, now there's really no turning back. But, um, you know, those first, I remember that first day that we set out, we yeah. came across some, some real cyclists. Um, this isn't in the <laughs> film. but We came across some real cyclists who were wearing... Um, Lycra, and Lycra. really nice bikes and that sort of thing. And they um saw all the bags on our bikes and asked where we were going, and we said we were going to Florida. And they just lost it laughing. They were laughing so hard. We were puffing and sweating, and we were so slow. And they just said, well, good luck, and rode away. And that was pretty much what it was like at the start. You know, there was really, I don't think anyone realistically expected that we were going to get there. Um, so <laughs> it, it it was... it. I guess it basically is just it shows that you can't really fail at things if you just don't stop <laughs> even <laughs> if you're going so slow you just got to keep going and eventually you get
0: there. Yeah, yeah, I think so too too shay to you. Um <laughs> it's it's I mean I'm talking to you now because it's going to be shown at the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival in July. Uh but uh, have you got other methods of people getting to see your wonderful little film?
1: Uh At the moment, only if you live in the United States or Canada, um, we have released on iTunes in those countries. Um, In Australia, unfortunately not. Um, But, yeah, head along to the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival. It's their first year, and we're playing on opening night, which I'm really excited about. Um, And it's just so great to see people there. I think it's at Howler as well, so it's right near the Upfield Bike Track. So ride a bike along and come check it out.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, you said you're working on a new uh, project, so it, this adventure and work with, uh, the, I must say, a fantastic group of people who made such fantastic films has led you into becoming a filmmaker f- for real, right? I
1: suppose. I mean, I guess uh, you... I also have a full-time job that I really love, so I work as a school teacher as well. Okay. Um, and I make feature films uh, alongside that, so... Um, I don't know if that classifies me as... I I don't know when I get to call myself a real filmmaker. (laughs) I'm just a filmmaker. Um, (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I am working on something else at the moment, uh, which I think might be feature-length as well, which is really exciting. Um, And that's a project where I don't want to give too much away, but um, essentially it's focusing on women around the world and um, at a certain point in their lives. And I'm going to be travelling with some crew, hopefully, to Mexico. That's our next stop to film in. Uh, in October, and we've been filming earlier in the year in India. So it's, it's always a really great way to travel, filmmaking. It's a great excuse. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, yeah, it's a good way to go see things.
0: Yeah, everything's on. on you're always travelling. It's quite clear. You're always travelling, in
1: uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Probably more than my bank account allows.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much for talking to me. It's it's a it's a lovely film. I really enjoyed it, and uh, it it's a very interesting and quite uh, uh, generous look into the world of a person who's involved in something quite extraordinary. Really. Oh
1: well, thank you so much for having me, Annie. I'm so glad that you enjoyed the film.
0: And that was M Baker, and uh, the film is spoken. It will be on as as M said uh, at the opening night of the Melbourne Documentary Film Festival, which starts on Saturday, the ninth of July. That's two. That's on uh, this Saturday. Starts at twelve p.m. to twelve a.m. And her film is on at around seven thirty p.m. It's at the Howler Art Space. That's seven to eleven Dawson Street, Brunswick, and as. Uh, Emily said, that's near the Upfield bike track so there you go, you've got no excuse coming up next is uh, uh, published or not, we'll go out with uh, a little music but before we do I'll remind you 3CR Showreel fundraiser, Thursday the 28th of July Fallout, stunning documentary by Lawrence Johnson, starring Gregory Peake, Ava Gardner, Neville Shute and 1959 Melbourne during shooting of On the Beach with a side order of international fear of a nuclear holocaust.
1: Today, every inhabitant of this planet must contemplate the day when this planet may no longer be habitable.
0: Fallout, July the 28th, 7pm, upstairs at 3CR21 Smith Street, Fitzroy. $10.00. Deep 3CR Radical Radio on the air. Neville Shute brought the most appalling concept of all to a mainstream audience.
1: For me, it was real, just penetrated every bone of my body.